You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking about Kentucky shooting guard C.J. Frederick a little bit more in depth. Also going to be discussing Liam Cohen's return for the Wildcats. And then finally... We are going to be taking a look at the transition offense. Going to be really important for this upcoming game against the UCLA Bruins. Going to talk about the importance of Kentucky emphasizing that uh, later on on today's show. Hey, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube on this beautiful Thursday, please make sure that you subscribe. It would mean a ton to the channel. All right. The question on every single Kentucky fan's mind. Hey, what's up with C.J. Frederick? That's a joke, but legitimately. I've seen it on message boards. I've seen it on Twitter. I've talked to fans in, 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 in person about this. What's going on with him? What's up? 42.1% from the field is the guard transfer from Iowa, shooting 35.7% from three. You'll note those two numbers there are not particularly impressive. The 35.7% from three is good, but it's not where we would like it to be considering he was a plus 40 shooter from beyond the arc at at Iowa with the Hawkeyes. And then the thing here that has been like the the sticking point for most fans is he's a 3 and D player and he's a bit of a defensive liability. On top of that, he's not shooting very well, particularly against really good competition. He's underperforming. Let's get that out of the way before we have this discussion. Statistically, he is underperforming relative to what he was doing at Iowa in terms of shooting percentage. I think the issue here could be a couple of things. It's not really mattered whether or not Frederick is taking open looks or contested ones. They've not gone in as high at as high of a clip as they did when he was at Iowa. The, the simple answer here, the one of two things, the, the simple part here, I think he's just in a funk. That may, be the, that may be the answer you don't want to hear. That may be the boring answer. Listen, I think he's in an early season slump. If you're going to choose a time to have struggles, have them early in the year. He's having them early in the year. And on top of that, he's not actually performing that bad, guys. 35.7%. You do understand that that's above the average in college basketball. That's above the average by about 2.5%. That's pretty good. We'll take that, especially from a role player that's averaging 9 points a game. We'll take that. And on top of this, Cal has acknowledged the fact that he is not playing as well as some people might have expected, including him. He's dropped his minutes off. That's the reason we know that. He's dropped his minutes off since he went one of nine against Gonzaga. He's played 11, 19, and 15 minutes in the three games since, right? So he's he's being limited now that we all understand, like, oh, he's not performing as well as we once thought he was. But we also have to take this into account. Again, I want to remind you guys, he's averaging nine and a half points a game, and he's averaging almost two assists a contest. For him to be essentially your third option in the backcourt is great. That's, That's great. You want to see the field goal percentage go up, right? You want to see him get a little bit better from inside the arc. But outside of that, you'll take that. Now, again, 
it's underperforming relative to what he was doing with the Hawkeyes. But I had a fan on Twitter reply to a tweet that I had about this, and I think he made a really good point. This is ML underscore BBN on Twitter. I asked, what's the deal with Frederick? And he said, fans are overhyping the kid because he's from Kentucky. In 2020, he averaged 10.2 points. In 2021, he averaged 7.5. This year, he's averaging 9.4. In 2020, he averaged 1.93s a game. In 2021, he averaged 1.3. This year, he's averaging 1.9. He's actually having a normal year. The only difference is he's shooting more threes than ever. And I think for me, and that was the, that was the end of the quote there from, from ML underscore BBN, I think for me, it's the efficiency and the defensive problems that give people pause here. The defensive problems I'm not particularly concerned about. We've got another guard in Cason Wallace that's really, really good. Put him out on the court. Put those two there. They're going to be just fine. Cason can run point. CJ can be off ball. It's going to be fine, depending on the matchup, right? But, but that's another conversation for the individual games that Kentucky has this season. But again, it's the efficiency. It's the 42.9%, 42.1%, whatever, 42% from the floor. I think, again... If your third best option in the backcourt is giving you nine at night and shooting above average from three, you will take that. The reason people are disappointed is the preseason expectations that they set on him because of what he did at his previous stops. I think it's fair to criticize considering he has done this at the power six level before. But again, the numbers are not as terrible as some people make them out to be. So while it is simultaneously underperforming expectation, it's not the end of the world, especially considering he's not one of your best options. He's just simply not. You've got Severe Wheeler, who is not a great shooter and is all right, but he can distribute the ball incredibly well. And then you've got Cason Wallace, one of the most efficient two guards in all of college basketball. So you've got options outside of him. And then you've got Antonio Reeves, who has been popping off shooting from outside the arc. Really, now that I'm thinking about it, he's your fourth option, right? He's your fourth option. So I think we should kind of put this on pause. Let's see what he does for the next 10 games or so. Once Kentucky has a larger sample size that we can kind of take away from, then we'll have a discussion. But as of right now, I think he's in a funk. Give him more opportunities, limit his minutes a little bit, let him shoot the basketball. The kid can shoot. He can shoot. He's not hurt. Let him fly. That's all I got to say. If you disagree with that, if you, if you agree with it, let me know in the YouTube comments below. That's kind of the way I think about it. Let's just let it ride. Let's see what happens. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a pretty good point. Hey, before we get to Liam Cohen and the reasons I believe his return for Kentucky is huge, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's simple. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Liam Cohen's return as OC for the Wildcats is huge, huge for Kentucky. I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. The biggest thing here 
is Kentucky may actually get back to running the ball a little bit better. That is if they can find some offensive linemen. But point being, I think schematically, the Wildcats should be a little bit better than they were this season at establishing the ground game. I think it is one of the most important things in all of college football to understand schematically what wins games and what wins titles. A lot of people want to point to high-octane spread football. That is, the, that is the point of success for a team that wants to go win something significant. They've got to have an offense that throws the ball around. They've got to have an offense that can score and is fast and is yada, 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 yada. I want you to go back and look at some of the most recent winners of national titles, of conference titles, etc. Players and teams that have won significant things in the 2000s and the 2010s. You'll notice here, even through the playoff era, the teams that have found the most success and have gotten to the playoff are teams that are built around smash-mouth football. And I know that some of you may say, look at 2019 LSU. Obviously, they threw the ball a little bit around uh, around more than some other teams. Sure, that's a slight exception. But even that team knew how to run the football. Georgia, right now, is the best team in the country, I think. They know how to run the football. They They know how to establish themselves on the ground. And as their system has gotten a little bit more established, as Todd Munkin has kind of been able to establish things, as Stetson Bennett has gotten older, they've started to air it out a little bit more because teams expect them to run the ball down their throat. So the offense has opened up. Ohio State, they know how to run the football first and foremost. And you saw, you've seen these past two seasons in the big games when they can't run the football, they do not win. Michigan has overtaken them in the Big Ten over these past two seasons, and they are focused on running the ball first and foremost every single drive, unless they are down and obviously have to throw. But point being, the winning teams in college football know how to run. They have an established offensive line. The game, in the words of Richard Johnson from the SEC Network, the game is about blocking and tackling. You can establish the line of scrimmage and you can run the ball. You're probably going to win a lot of games because a lot of things come off of that. Kentucky didn't have a running game this year. That was taken away. Will Levis became a non-factor on the ground. Part of that, I think, was by design to protect him. Part of that was because the offensive line was so terrible. We may actually get back to running the ball. And that's going to be really, really big for Kentucky's success. Who that next running back is going to be, we don't know right now. Is Kentucky going to get somebody in the portal? Are they going to stick with some of the young guys on roster? They're a little thin at that spot, so I can imagine they'll want to at least add one one running back through the portal there. But that's the biggest thing for me, man, is if Kentucky wants to go out there and they can compete, which, listen... It's not all about winning SEC titles because, let's be honest, Georgia probably has the SEC East not locked up, but they're going to have control of this division until the expanded playoff gets here in just a couple of years. Whenever the expanded playoff gets here, teams like Kentucky will have an opportunity, despite winning their conference, they will have an opportunity to get into the playoff. And whenever Kentucky has years like they did last year, they're going to need to be able to rely on a run game, in significant playoff moments. It's just as simple as that. I'm really, really excited about Liam Cohen's return to maybe see if he can revitalize what has made Kentucky so special 
over these past few seasons. Mark Stoops had the bright idea of saying, hey, we're going to be run first. We're going to establish this as our identity. So as we get better and as we bring in better recruits, these these are the things that we are going to focus on. And these are the things that are going to make us successful. And to be honest with you, those are the, the qualities of a championship program. All the offensive identity that Kentucky has had under Mark Stoops, it is the qualities, they are the qualities of a championship program. But you got to get back to that. You have to get back to that. I know I've talked a lot about the running game, but I think the second most important thing here, and obviously it's the other side of the offense, the passing attack with these young, talented receivers, I think is going to be special. I'm not going to sit here and dog Rich Scangarello because I don't think that's fair. But it's, it's not often that you see a first-year OC come in and not ruin. He couldn't ruin him unless he got him hurt, which he almost just about did. But almost ruin a quarterback's draft stock because of the numbers and the system that, that he made him produce in the system that he put him in. He just about, just about ruined this receiving core this year. Tavion Robinson was supposed to be so much more than what he was this year. Obviously, he had some injury issues. Obviously, uh, again, the scheme held him back. He should have been more than 470 receiving yards. I mean, just straight up. Barry and Brown, obviously, was a major bright spot despite despite what uh, Scangarello did to this offense. I think it's going to be really important that Kentucky gets back to whatever their pass, whatever their route tree looked like, whatever their passing scheme looked like. It does not need to look like Scangarello's. It needs to look more like whatever Kentucky had going last year. Kentucky needs to be able to get back to that with these talented young, young receivers. There are still pieces, if you can establish an offensive line, there are still pieces for the Wildcats to go out and make some noise. But the biggest thing of all, the biggest thing I'm excited about, is Cohen will get to work with a new quarterback. Now, some of you may say, that's awful that we're losing Will Levis, and you are 100% right. It is, it is not good that we are losing a quarterback to the draft, but they all have to go at some point. So I'm excited to see a new era of Kentucky football underneath what will likely be a transfer portal quarterback for a brief time. I'm excited to see who that guy is, and I'm excited to see Liam Cohen work, work with him. There are so many different elements of this offense that were not permanently damaged because of only one season that was um, that was a dip. There are so many aspects of this offense that are still able to be revitalized under a coordinator that was only gone for a season. So I'm, I'm really, really enthusiastic to see what this team is made of moving forward, especially interested to see what they do with a portal quarterback if they do end up getting one, and I can only imagine that they want one. So... That's my thought on Liam Cohen's return to Kentucky. If you've got any thoughts on that, hey, leave it in the YouTube comments. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the games. Transition offense, I think it should be Kentucky's bread and butter. 
and you would like to think that big men aren't particularly the most effective in transition. I think Arizona and Gonzaga would like to disagree about that, and that's another episode for another time. But you look at what Kentucky does best, right? Think about what they are from an athlete, an athletic standpoint. They're one of the best in the country. Obviously, I think they are one of the best teams athletically in the country. They have all the talent in the world. So why then does Kentucky want to regulate themselves, I think, to the tempo that they have chosen to go at? And just to pull it up here for you real quick, Kentucky, according to Kim Palm, is only 130th nationally in adjusted tempo. Now, we're going to see that rise and fall as the SEC conference slate rolls on as it kicks off here in just a few weeks. But the Wildcats, I think, could be doing so much more on the offensive end when it comes to getting out and running. And a lot of it is held back. I honestly think we talk about the positivity around Severe Wheeler and what he does in the assist game. A lot of it's been held back by our guard play, I think, this year. That may be crazy to say, Listen, I've, pl- I've watched the Wildcats play in person this season. I've gotten to see kind of what this team is doing. And I'm not saying there's a difference between TV and, and watching it live. I'm just saying I've gotten to- it's not like I'm not watching the games. I'm, I'm watching the Wildcats play, and I'm seeing what they want to do in transition. Whenever they push the issue, Wheeler has not been as effective as he was last season. And we talk about Cason Wallace, right? We talk about him needing to get more minutes. This is something that we discussed recently on an episode. If you want to go back, I got a I got a episode with Casey Wallace and the thumbnail. That that's the one you should you should definitely watch it. See what we talk about there with Wallace needing to play more. But I think this offense has untapped potential, and that's weird to say considering how good they've been for two seasons in a row now with Oscar Sheewe at the helm. I think you could get more out of him if you push the pace a little bit more because it allows you to do two things. Number one, it allows him to kind of get in position quicker than the opponent can react. I think that's really important for him considering his size. And then on top of that, I think it opens up things for other players and allows him to not just become a scorer, but a distributor. Get him in the paint, drive and kick. That's the name of the game right now in college basketball. We talk about teams like Alabama who are playing really, really good. They just went to Houston and beat number one Houston on the road. Overcame a 15-point halftime deficient, by, by the way. We talk about Bama recently. Oh, they're legit. They're legit. And their philosophy on offense, drive and kick. We're looking for the two. If we can't get it, we're kicking out for, for the three. Pace and space. That is the name of the game. That is what works. We need to see Kentucky taking that approach more often. I have told you guys time and time again, listen, the most boring basketball may be the most effective way to win. Virginia and Tony Bennett suck. They suck to watch. Nobody wants to watch Virginia basketball, but they win. And that's a style of play that works. The complete opposite, the complete inverse there, pace and space, works as well. It wins. Alabama's winning right now with it. You know, you see Kansas winning with it. You see Duke winning with it. You see Michigan State not necessarily getting up and down the court like they're on fire, but you saw what they did against the Wildcats that hurt them. They got out in in transition, and they went to the basket. That's what works. It's inside the paint, and it's outside the arc. I think Kentucky should focus strongly 
on those two areas and doing it as quickly as possible. And I know they can because they've got the athletes to do it. Maybe you need somebody piloting the offense a little bit less than they are right now. Maybe you need that. But overall, I think Kentucky's got the horses to make, the, to make that work. Obviously, they do. It's just the question of whether or not Cal will start to make that adjustment. And we thought he was going into this offseason, right? And we saw coming out of practice, preseason practice, that is, hey, Kentucky's taking a little bit more of a modern approach. No, they aren't. Are they letting their big man shoot? No, they aren't. Probably for the better, to be honest with you. Are they going four out, five out? No, not really. No, they're not. They're not doing that. And if they are, they're doing it in, I think, the incorrect way. So I think Kentucky needs to start to really consider as they get into this SEC slate, okay, what bothers teams the most? What are we effective at? Everything is the answer to that question. And how can we change our execution? I think it's pretty simple. I think you just spread things out a little bit more and you quicken the tempo. We have seen Kentucky be most effective against any opponent whenever they get out and run. Simple as that. Some teams aren't built that way. Some coaches aren't built that way. I think Cal is in this weird spot where he's kind of on and off with it. Make it work. I know that the Wildcats can. If you disagree with that, if you think Kentucky's okay with the way that they run their offense, hey, I'm open to your opinion. If you want to leave that in the YouTube comments below. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter over at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter. Oh, that is the wrong button. Look at me going. You can follow the show on Twitter over at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, again, comments, socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.